0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Electric Leftovers. My name is Jason. This is episode 350. And uh, we are, as of right now, in the midst of a severe thunderstorm. Thing. you know one of them one of those things you get thunderstorm watch let's see we were told uh here we go uh do do, 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 do. 16 counties in central and southern idaho look that went me right there it's like we may have missed most of it though by the look at it which is nice it was pretty bad like 60 mile an hour winds which i don't know, for some people is not a lot for us it, you know 35 is is an average gusty day so it's almost double that anyway welcome to the show how you doing hope you're having a good week um it's not monday yet we haven't gone to that schedule so happy wednesday if you're listening to this early sometime if you're a time traveler hi uh you you mr time traveler mr or mrs are you gonna know that uh Today we're going to look at a review of Castlevania, dig into the archives for some Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest and read some hopefully weirder news than what we read last week. Um, also, update for ye oldie Jason's Groove Machine website. I think I've got the K section. Everything up in the K section? Almost everything up in the K section. I'll tell you what, by the time you hear this, the K section will be done. How about that? Is that fair? Good. Check that stuff out. Uh, We got some new Final Fantasy VI CES, that's the three character run, and some new Hot Tin Roof uh, that we streamed on Monday. Telling you what, that game burned out on it pretty quick. Pretty quick, but it might still be worth a watch. Just throwing that out there. Castlevania was a cakewalk compared to this bloody curse. You thought you had the Prince of Darkness defanged, eh, Simon Belmont? Well, think again, because according to a damsel in distress, evil Count Dracula has left a horrifying curse in his wake, and the only hope you have of ending the terror is to destroy his missing body parts. Talk about your frightening quest, searching a maze of mansions, graveyards, and dark eerie forests, each guarded by man-eating werewolves, fire-throwing zombies, and other devilish demons. Your grim chances are kept alive in Transylvania, where cowardly villagers offer clues to the whereabouts of Dracula's remains and where you'll purchase magic weapons, including silver knives and flame whips. But beware the night, for when the sun disappears, Dracula's curse grows deadlier, and your chances grow dimmer and dimmer. This is indeed Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest, an action-adventure game, developed and published by Konami, released toward 1998 for ye old NES. And you know what I'm going to do? Bonus Archives! An old story retold! journey with Simon Belmont in this update to the classic Castlevania II story with new graphics, music, and updates throughout the game. You'll run into new and more powerful enemies and have to solve some devious puzzles to try and reach Castlevania to forever. Put an end to the curse of Count Dracula, but be on watch for secrets along the way. And this is Castlevania II Revamped, an action-adventure game for Windows, developed and published by Metroid Quest, released in 2011. And i'm combining them both because it's the same game uh castlevania 2 original version nes uh never played it much as a kid uh fell in love with it by watching someone else let's play it uh, started playing it a little more often fell in love with it myself uh when metroid quest and i in air quotes not really me though uh worked on final fantasy 6 the eternal crystals and got all that done he wanted a new project i said hey i think this would be cool And he said, that gives me an idea for something else. So he went and did a Castlevania II Simon's Quest revamped. And it looks good and sounds good. Uh, They're both six episodes. uh, So if you want to side by side compare the original NES to the new revamped version, you have that option. You had that option before. But uh, it's pretty pretty good to do uh, just to get the feel for things. Um, I really like them both. I really like them both. I prefer this style Castlevania over the more Castlevania One and Three style Castlevanias. Um, I, I feel a little more immersed in the world when it's, you know, go back and revisit places. I um, I, I like that better. It no, doesn't mean I like every game that does that because there's a couple. This is no no is no good. No bueno. No no más. No más. Hey, what do you say we read a review of Castlevania? What do you say before we do that, we open up the page that's got it. That makes it a little easier. Castlevania, according to ye olde game facts, 2,411 people say this is a four-star game. 1,762 say it's tough. And 1,030 people say it's nine hours. Nine hours. How do you nine hours this? How is this nine hours? Let's see, is there, there's like, they have like Google and anal, uh, YouTube analytics, kind of like breakdown for this stuff. 15% of the people who, who rated this, holy crap. 3% of the people say it takes less than an hour. 7% say it takes about an hour. says it takes two hours, 22 says about four, 25 about eight, 15 about 12, 5% of the people said 20, 2% said 40, half a percent said 60, almost 2% said greater than 80 hours. I don't think these are legit. I'll tell you, that's what I think, uh, because let's go and take a look. Let's see how long it took your old pal, Jason who admittedly did save state the heck out of this because he's not very good at Castlevania. Because I was half going into it kind of blind when I let's play it. Um, Took me half an hour. So nine hours. I, I can sit down and play it now. Finished, no big deal. In probably about half hour, 45 minutes. So just keep that in mind when they say, it's a nine-hour-long game. All right, uh, we're going to give that one a go. Let's look for some usual contributors. Well, we'll take that one. That's fine. Anybody else? I'm not looking at the detailed. I'm not looking at the long. We just want the quick reviews. Ain't nobody got time for that. Well better do that one. In fact, let's start with that one. Our good old buddy Fadooboo in 2000 says, The Beginnings of Greatness. This is a very long, short review, pardon me. Castlevania, arguably Konami's best franchise, debuted early on the NES to a warm reception, starring Simon Belmont, a stern vampire hunter who sets out to rid his land from Dracula, this game was the first to truly incorporate dark themes with rock-solid platform action. And as far as impact goes, the game cannot be stressed enough. Before Castlevania, the shiny happy family system only featured games like Super Mario Brothers, which were technically sound and conceptually juvenile. Sure, Mario is a great character, but it was Belmont who showed that more mature themes could work on a home console. Games ranging from Hoos of the Dead to Resident Evil, to PlayStation, update Symphony of the Night, all owe their existence to Konami's Wunderkind. He left it in EOP, House of the Dead. That's an odd list. House of the Dead, to Resident Evil, to PlayStation, update Symphony of the Night. This was updated the same day he wrote it. I think PlayStation probably wasn't supposed to be there. Anyway. Uh, we wouldn't have Resident Evil if we didn't have Castlevania. That's what he's saying. Graphics. The graphics are tough and... and gothic. Says Anne twice. Incorporating a crumbling castle with fantastic vampire lore. In the first level, you can see rotting tapestries and mold on the wet basement steps and where, excuse me, where well-animated fish-like monsters lurk in silence. Zombies, swathed in torn clothing, slowly pace towards you. As Belmont, the vampire hunter, you hustle after them, assailing them with good-looking weapons such as whip, dagger, axe, and boomerang. The animations can get a little jerky, but this is the NES we're talking about here. Which games didn't have jerky animations? I'll tell you which game, Fadooboo. Princess Tomato and Salad Kingdom. Those were smooth as silk. As a side note, bosses like Frankenstein and the Grim Reaper are as evil-looking as they are tough to destroy. 8 out of 10. Now, somebody's going to say, That's not Frankenstein, that's Frankenstein's monster. What's his last name? That's the family name. Frankenstein. Sound. The music in this game is almost classic by today's terms. Almost, but not quite, right, Fadooboo? The first level's tunes are recognizable to most gamers, and they radiate a feeling of a secret past marred by the curse of a formidable beast. You remember last week when you were listening to the music in your car, on your, in your headphones, whatever, and you just thought to yourself, man, this really makes me feel like, like there's a secret past marred by the curse of a formidable beast. You remember that? When you're like, sitting at the light, bopping along? Anyway, their underground level is reserved, but foreboding, and it really builds the tension of the game. The individual sound effects are excellent, ranging from a campy but fearsome whip crack and the clink of a flask of holy water crashing on steps. Simon's grunting noise when he is hit sounds a little painful, though. Close parenthesis, and not necessarily in a good way, close parenthesis, period. Sounds painful, though not in a good way. Didn't know the Belmonts were into that. Control! Control is the weakest aspect of Castlevania. Simon cannot change direction once he has jumped, just like in real life, which often leads to unnecessary deaths while fighting the nefarious Medusa heads. The overall controls are simple with a button for jumping and a button for attacking with the whip and an easy combination for special weapon use. Up plus the attack button. Everything else is pretty tight here and Simon can stop on a dime if need be. However, the jumping problem darkens the overall appeal of the control by a bit, 6 out of 10. Gameplay, the gameplay is tested and true platform gaming. Simon travels along each stage, whipping candles for items and hitting enemies in in order to progress without getting hurt, excuse me, as he is hit a certain number of bars, increasing as the game continues in level, will be subtracted from his life total at the top of the screen. This system was relatively new at the game's debut, and it is as effective as ever. Each level is separated into sections by doors that serve as restarting points, but if Belmont bites the dust... Okay. This game is quite challenging with a wide variety of special weapons with which to tackle two bosses and even a few power-ups, double and triple shot thrown in. The straightforward action is nothing new, but Konami gets big points for adopting it to a new concept and changing the norm of NES games. What do you think he gave it? Nope, six out of 10. You were wrong, you owe me a dollar. Story Pretty cool, the vampire folklore has historically been one of the richest and varied on the planet. So Konami makes use of plenty creepy ideas to improve the game. Castlevania exposes the darker side of fantasy and helps to partially redefine the boundaries of the action genre. As I said, games like Resident Evil owe this game a lot. 7 out of 10 Replay value. The game won't go to rest easily, although once you have beaten it, it's only a matter of memorization to complete it again. However, you will definitely play this game more over extended time. It has all the elements of a successful and effective action game, and you will miss it after a while. 6 out of 10 Average, seven out of 10. This game is a landmark one for the NES and its sequels solidify its position as one of the best franchises on the system. Castlevania is a must play game. It has a few flaws and plenty of great ideas. Games like this never go out of style. Let's get into Badooboo. Clocking in Castlevania with a seven. Good old solid average. All right, let's do... We got two more. Let's do this one next. This is from our friend from last week, Walker Bow, who reviewed it in 2001, came back in 2003, updated it. And if I had to guess, he just removed all the paragraph breaks, which makes this just a block of text. (laughs) Nothing I love more than a block of text. A classic! No doubt about it, says Walker. I don't remember when the Castlevania series first saw the light of day, but even the first installment was very enjoyable. Here's why. Control, 7 out of 10. Perfect way to start. Alright! Granted, the controls could be a bit funky at times, particularly when you were trying to make a particularly dangerous jump that could mean your life if not done correctly. Please use particularly one more time in the same sentence. Then, while you're making that self-same jump, you had to watch your back because enemies could sneak up on you. Since you move quite a bit when you get hit, you can find yourself plunging to an early death if you're standing too close to a hole or a cliff and an enemy managed to score one on you. Audio 10 out of 10. I loved the music in this game so much that, though I do own the game, I went and searched the web until I had amassed a complete collection of this game's music in MIDI format. From the first stage music to the final battle with Dracula to the end. Favorites of mine were themes for all six stages. The little intro theme, the boss music, and the final battle theme. The SFX are any SFX. Oh, just keep throwing throwing them at me, buddy. But they're good ones. You'll immediately recognize the sound of Simon taking damage from games such as Kung Fu Heroes. Comma, parenthesis. That was only, excuse me, that was the only cool sound in that game only o w n l y like it's mine i am i'm am in the process of owning it uh close parenthesis comma and incidentally that sound is used in all three nes castlevania games i don't think that's the same sound though in game it doesn't say which sound it is in kung fu heroes there is a punch noise but it's more of like a bruce lee a cho noise you know what i mean Anyway, uh, the victory theme, or should I say the two victory themes, are also very neat. Yes, Dracula's got a death theme all his own, and would you believe it, he's also got a theme for the room leading right up to battle with him, and it's not even the normal stage six theme. The ending theme is a little bit on the sorrowful side, although I may just use that word for a lack of a better word. You could have just left it out, and left that whole sentence out, and it would have added nothing, or, or subtracted nothing except for me reading it making fun of you on the internet and in a podcast it does have kind of a sorrowful slash hopeful feel to it as of a vengeful warrior's long journey at last reaching its end uh missing a w and sorrowful you updated this remember so it's it does have a sorrowful slash hopeful you know you know you know all those times when you're like really sad but but hopeful Story, 10 out of 10. Ah, sweet revenge. They say that revenge is a dish best served cold. You play the role of young Simon Belmont, who journeys to Dracula's castle to avenge the curse on his family, which can only be accomplished by destroying the vampire in a one-on-one battle. But you gotta get there first. He put that in there. The enemies and bosses will make a very good try preventing you from achieving your goal. Basically, watch you back. Overall, 10 out of 10, which is not possible because you gave Control 7. The series has always had excellent music and storyline. I can't say that for Control since Castlevania 3 was a bit disappointing in that area, but the series is still definitely a must-have. The excellent storyline and equally excellent music and sounds will in some ways make up for any funky controls. And who knows, you might suffer an urge to go find the MIDI files from this series for when you don't want to play the game, but do want to treat your ears to its excellent tunes rating 10. perfect everything's excellent except for the controls but it's perfect flawless 10 out of 10 100 minus points for bad controls but perfect and finally blind guardian isn't that a band i think that's a band well anyway, Blind Guardian in 2002. I can't believe that there's a bad game in this great series. Oh son, you haven't played most of the games in this series then. For those of you who don't know, the Castlevania series has always been one of my all time favorite video game series. I'm, I'm assuming that's most of us Blind Guardian that don't know since we don't know you. It all started in the late 80s when I played Castlevania II, Simon's Quest, for the first time. I couldn't get enough of that game, but I could never find the first Castlevania. So finally, years later, in 1999, I found a used copy for 10 bucks at a local CD store. Which is weird, because it's not on a CD. And maybe it's a good thing I didn't play this Castlevania first, or might, or I might now be a huge fan of the series that I am today. Don't let me proofread your articles for you uh, 18 years later. Okay. Story. It's the same story as in Super Castlevania 4 and Castlevania Chronicles. Oh, well then, don't even mention it. Oh, but he does go on. You play as Simon Belmont, who goes to the castle to kill the evil Count Dracula, who rises once again to try and take over the land. Nothing special here. Come on. Come on. Graphics, at the time when this came out, this game was considered to have good graphics, but I still don't care much for them. They're blocky and have little detail which was good at the time. Music, nothing special here. doesn't sound creepy or haunting, but just rather goofy and boring like in most NES games. Also hopeful slash sorrowful at the same time. Uh, Gameplay, you go from level to level, hacking away monsters and bosses, using your whips and sub weapons like the knife, axes, holy water. That's all control the control is the worst part about this game it is very crappy and really annoying when you're trying to jump at one platform to the next with medusa heads flying at you it gets very frustrating have you noticed have you noticed that when our three our three contributors i don't think walker did it as much but they both said the controls are bad because it's hard to dodge medusa heads when you're jumping well, it's not because the controls are bad, it's because you're bad at timing. Because they, they come on a, on a schedule. You know, one goes away, one shows up, one goes away, one shows up. It's the same all the time. And if you don't just, you know, wait for one to go by and then jump and you'll be fine. I do agree. The controls are kind of crappy and do take some getting used to, but it's not the jump that's the problem. It's the stairs that are the problem. If you're standing next to the bottom of the stairs and you want to use a sub-weapon, you can't do it. Because he'll start walking up the stairs. you You can't jump off stairs. I think you can't jump on stairs in this game. So stairs are what screws everything up for me. Anyway, difficulty. This game is hard. If you have a hard time beating Frankenstein, then you better be prepared because death is even harder. To make things worse, when your game is over, you can continue, but you have to start at the beginning of the level with you, weaker, short, whip. I think it's supposed to be your. And there's no password system, so if you want to beat the game, you better have nothing to do for a while. Like nine hours, am I right? Ending. Well, I won't spoil it for you, but don't get excited. The ending sucks. Overall, the first Castlevania for the NES is very hard and boring. There's nothing thrilling in this game, just old-school side-scrolling, which is good, but with horrible controlling. And instead of getting this game, I suggest you either get Super Castlevania IV for the Super Nintendo, or Castlevania Chronicles for the PlayStation. Both games have the same story as this one, but are way better at gameplay, graphics, music, control, basically everything. Well, there are different games. So uh, he gave it a three, Blind Guardian gave it a three. Super Castlevania 4 is like a retelling of Castlevania. Super Castlevania 4 is a very good game, but it's not Castlevania 1 on the Super Nintendo. It's a Castlevania game that happens to like the last quarter is Castlevania 1 on the Super Nintendo. It's kind of like how Castlevania 2 and Castlevania 2 Revamped are not exactly the same game. Um, We'll get into more of that next week. But here's, let me me tell you this. I think Castlevania 1 is a very solid game. I think it's a seven. I think for 1986, it has really good graphics. It has really good music. I think the control could have been tighter but a lot of games in 1986, not exactly super tight on the control. And there are a few things Simon does really well. He does stop on a dime. He's just big and it's hard for him to get out of the way of stuff because he's clunky. And he's not clunky because the controls are bad. He's clunky because he's a big dude. And he, he doesn't, I mean, we'll, we'll say he's six feet tall. Dude can still jump six feet, which is impressive. But he's no Mario who might be six feet tall and can jump, like, 18 feet. Come on, fucks! What are you doing? He's no Mega Man. Ah, you, you can't approach Castlevania like you do a Mario or a Mega Man, because it's different. You can't you can't approach it like you approach a Contra to pick a, a Konami game. It's just different. I don't think you play Castlevania for the story, at least not this one, um, because it's, it's really non-existent. So though. It, it does the job it needs to do with what little it gives you, like Metroid. You don't play the NES Metroid for a story. If you do, you just wait 10 seconds at the title screen. It gives you your paragraph. Boom, you're done. You play it because the gameplay is good. You play it because you like the music, you like the adventure of it, you like, you like being in that universe. And this is a pretty good universe to be in. I think this is just a fine game. read some news. I just realized I didn't give you guys the rundown on the uh, Castlevania. Let's see, real quick. Does it still have this tab open? Any other... um, Xylo the Wolf? We missed one. Sorry, Xylo. He gave it a 6. Write a shorter review. We'll read it next time. Psycho Penguin gave it a 9. These are all detailed reviews. Tachibana Ukyo decided to review it twice. Looks like one was the Famicom version. Which I think had better music. Vegeta gave it an 8. Casket Darkfire did the NES arcade and Amiga version. Um, Horror Spooky gave it a 9. No surprise there. Officil gave it a 6. But Officil hates everything. Almost as much as I do. Anyway, news. Our lead story, Creme de la weird. We'll see. We'll see, news of the weird. You have got some making up to do. Um... Ranjita Kundu of Kotameta, India, has accused her husband of stealing and selling one of her kidneys four years ago, Oddity Central reported. Kundu recently discovered after visiting the doctor that she has only one kidney, and she believes that she was treated for kidney stones four years ago. Her husband secretly arranged for one of her kidneys to be removed and sold on the black market. Quote, I was unaware of the whole incident, she said. She even knows who he sold it to, Asim Haldar, who also lives in her district. Kundu and her husband were married for 12 years before he took off with another woman eight months ago. And Kundu said with help from his sister, he sold the organ to make up for dowry money he believed he was owed. Police have taken him into custody and are investigating. If only there were a way externally to like check yourself to see if maybe there's a, you know, like a mark or something. You know what I mean? Geography is hard. The recently renamed Washington Commanders are understandably trying to drum up excitement for their new brand, but one effort went disappointingly wrong, Yahoo Sports reported. In week one of the NFL season, an official gear truck just outside the stadium, which is located in Maryland, featured a mug with a big W on it and a silhouette of Washington State in the background. Of course, the Commanders Washington is the District of Columbia variety. The mugs were quickly removed from the inventory. An official gear truck was selling Washington State mugs at a Washington District football game. Perfect weapon of choice. That, it's not a weird story. That wasn't weird. The kidney one. It's fine. This one, not not weird. Uh, weapon of choice. Pennsylvania State Police were called to a home in Monroe Township on August 24th, where a fight had taken place. WTAG TV reported. WTAG. One of the combatants told officers that 35-year-old Brandon Shoup of Berkeley Springs, West Virginia had punched him after a disagreement about food. Next, he said, Shoup picked up a half of a cinder block and swung it at the victim's head. He was able to partially duck, but the hit left a contusion behind his ear. Shoup then tried to strangle the victim but was pulled off by a female witness. He was later charged with, among other crimes, aggravated assault. Again, that is not a weird story. That's not a weird story. There's nothing weird about that. It could have been anything. Like, he picked up half a cinder block. He didn't have it in his pocket. Like, I picked up a stick and hit him with it. What's in a name, ladies and gentlemen? Al Pacino admittedly had committed a whole lifetime of crimes on the screen. Not his acting, though. Am I right? Devil's advocate? Damn good movie. Now, Al Pacino, June 25, is following in his footsteps in real life, the smoking gun reported. June was arrested in early June for beating up his pregnant girlfriend who was driving him to work. She told the police she asked him to, quote, think of his unborn child but he went on hitting her. So she jumped out of the car and ran to an emergency room across the street. When June didn't show up for a September 1st court date, he was arrested again in Orlando, Florida, and his bond was revoked. Again, not a weird story. Tragedy is not weird. Uh, U Express. It's not. It's tragic. News of the tragic would not be as fun. Has it been fun? No, exactly. Oops, in a my bad for the ages, the city of Philadelphia erroneously chopped down 60 pounds of hops that belonged to the Philadelphia Brewing Company, Fox 29 TV reported. Despite our clear signage and fenced off area, the company wrote on its Instagram page, the city took it upon themselves to completely destroy our hop garden, which they claim will cost them tens of thousands of dollars. A spokesperson for the city said the incident was a result of miscommunication and staff error, and it appeared the lot was overgrown. You guys ever been around hops? It smells like beer. They really do. It's it's a viney thing, and it likes to grow up on trellises. And it the little hop kind of looks like a really tiny tomato. I would. Some at my house if I could get them. I think they're a very pretty plant. Again, not weird, not really tragic, unfortunate. But I tell you, I can dig. I can dig miscommunication on city projects. Going through that at work right now. Anyway, more oops. The Summit County, Colorado rescue group was in a helicopter on September seventh looking for a lost hunter. KCNC TV reported. <coughs> Sound the. Of- door makes when everybody's like, I've had it! Uh, when they spotted a man waving slowly and casually, the crew radioed that they, quote, had a subject that partially matched the description, but his backpack was upside down, so it was the wrong color, explained the group's Anna de Batiste. The pilot said, he's saying hi, he doesn't seem to be in distress, so they left, she added. In fact, it was the missing hunter and in a classic case of blame the victim, Debatis said he should have waved aggressively with both arms overhead or waved a brightly colored piece of clothing. Thankfully, the crew went back and retrieved the man who was cold and dehydrated but un- otherwise unharmed. I'm usually cold and dehydrated. How come I never get to wave at helicopters? Again, not weird not weird. Is the least weird news. Okay, this might help Florida. Officials in Miami Beach, Florida are weighing their options for dealing with the serious problem of evasive iguanas, Local 10 News reported. The city has quadrupled its budget for iguana removal and paid a hunter to shoot and collect the pesky and destructive reptiles. Oh, is his name Quint? Please let his name be Quint. On September 14th, City Commissioner Kristen Rosen-Gonzalez suggested a bounty. Oh. Can we make it? Can we make it? I don't know. Dead or alive. But if we pay for iguana, we're going to get more iguanas. People are going to go out and hunt them for money, she said. A committee has been formed. Farewell and adieu, you fair Floridian lizards. Here's a bright idea. An outgoing state representative from Pennsylvania who earned a DUI arrest after a crash in June has proposed a bill that would allow residents to register for a self-imposed ban on alcohol purchases, Action 4 News reported. Matthew Dowling said the law would add, quote, another tool to an addict or alcoholic's arsenal to help them live through recovery, unquote. He doesn't expect the measure to pass before he leaves office, he said, but he hopes his colleagues will move it through in the future. How would this work? Would it be like a registration thing? Like you go and sign yourself up and then when you go to a liquor store and they card you, you can't buy liquor? What about going out to eat? What about stores that don't card you because you're clearly old enough? I haven't been carded in well over a decade. I mean, it's a good idea in practice or in theory, but practice ain't gonna work. I'm sorry. Uh, what was your name? Matt. Sorry, Matt. It just, you know. I hope you get through what you got to get through. But your your proposal is no good. Two stories of aristocrats. The first one Toby Cohen and Jonathan Neiman booked a rental home in the Hamptons for two weeks, beginning on August 22nd, to the tune of $10,000. Two weeks. Two weeks. Ten grand. On September fifteenth, they filed a lawsuit saying that the home owned by Agnes Melbard and Edward Goss was uninhabitable. Why? Because the thermostat had been set to quote a minimum temperature of seventy degrees Fahrenheit and then locked, the Daily Beast reported. The plaintiffs and their families, who wanted the AC set at a just ridiculous 68 degrees were, quote, forced to endure continuous discomfort discomfort for the duration of their holiday, which ruined it for them. When they complained to the owners, they said they were told to, quote, suck it up and deal. Neiman and Cohen also alleged workers showed up to spray toxic chemicals in the backyard during their stay, which forced them to stay inside for several hours. The suit asks for a full refund of the rental fee and, quote, any further relief this court deems just and proper. Now, your old pal Jason, he keeps his house cold. Your, your old pal Jason likes the cold, despite being dehydrated and not getting to wave at helicopters. 70? That'd be a little warm. That's warmer than I keep my house. I keep my house, we're talking that 65, 66 in the winter time, Because it's wintertime. I'm going to be wearing warm clothes. That's how that works. So I can kind of get where they're coming from, but if like 70, this is too much, we're going to die. We need to turn it down to 68. Like I get, I get that. I get why it's locked because, because Agnes and Edward, they're probably paying the bill, not you, but they also charged you $5,000 a week so they can afford to pay whatever you set it at. Plus you wanted to set it lower. That's semi-weird, I'll give it a semi-weird. A kitchen at London House, a popular restaurant on the Isle of Wight in the UK, put their foot down in August when they rolled out their new menu with no vegan items, the Daily Mail reported. The eatery used to feature some vegan selections, but only Sally Cooper, excuse me, said they stopped because of a militant minority. This is in quotes. We got fed up with the arrogant holier-than-thou attitude. If you want vegan food, go to a vegan restaurant. Your choice does not fit with our style of cooking. It's not weird. That is what about that is weird? Restaurant changes menu. Oh no. There's a local restaurant here in town that just changed the menu. Should I should I write a story and send it in? You think it'd be on the news? I bet it won't. Cause it's not weird. News you can use. Residents of the SeaTac, Washington, the city of SeaTac, Washington, are on high alert about a very aggressive owl at North SeaTac Park. KIRO TV reported. Cairo TV. The bird, likely a barred or great horned owl, hasn't injured anyone yet, but officials say people visiting the park should, quote, wave their arms slowly overhead to attract a helicopter. Oh, no, excuse me, to keep the birds at a distance. Other protective actions includes wearing a hat or helmet or carrying an umbrella. Chase Gunnell with the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife also noted that owls will typically hoot repeatedly before attacking. That's semi weird. That's semi weird. We haven't had good weird news in a while. I'm upset, I'm disappointed. Yeah, like how do you prevent an owl attack? You just, you know, you flag down an oncoming motorist. That'll that'll keep the owls at bay. Insert Twin Peaks reference to owls here. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the show this week. I don't know. Uh, I don't. Uh, my, I'm really dry. My throat got real dry reading the show today. Uh, but it's okay, man. We'll make it. We'll be all right. It's okay. I want to thank you for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please consider um, <coughs> excuse me, liking, leaving a review, subscribing, all that jazz. Uh, because it helps the show, you know, tell somebody you like about it, post about it on your social medias, whatever you want to do. Just, uh, you know, if you feel like it, you don't have to. If you want to check out all this Castlevania nonsense and, uh, the latest episodes of Final Fantasy 6 CES or Hot Tin Roof, Cat Huara Fedora, visit jasonsgroovemachine.com. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, I am at JasonGrvin. And if you would like to support the show, we're still building towards our uh, $100 goal to get the parts I need to do a live version of the show without a whole bunch of finagling around on my PC. Uh, you can do that by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash electric left. That's going to do it for me. I will get out of here and let you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Please remember when you're sitting at a traffic light listening to the podcast to feel hopeful and sorrowful and think about well, whatever that guy said okay okay thanks bye